0: You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz.
1: Hi, I'm Matthew Binder, and you are listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with
0: Tony show. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Matthew Binder. He's the author of Pure Cosmos Club. Matthew, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. So thanks for we, having me. <laughs> I'm happy to have you. Yes. Um, the uh, we were just talking a second ago about you wrote a book while you lived in Budapest. Yeah. I because I don't want to forget that
1: because usually yeah, I say sure, oh yeah, wait wait
0: yeah. hold on that sounds too good for the show you know because we
1: have our yeah talk no first. yeah sure I'll tell you, I'll tell you about that um so at the time I guess it was like january february of 2016 and um i had just had my f- or i was just about to have my first novel come out called high in the streets and uh i was working at like my day job uh, i've worked in like solar energy on and off for like a bunch of years and uh one night at whatever i was in albuquerque i was living in albuquerque new mexico that's where i'm originally from oh hey and- oh
0: we'll have to talk about yeah. that too okay yeah, mental note <laughs> yeah yeah we'll get
1: back to albuquerque and I watched the uh, Anthony Bourdain episode, uh, Parts Unknown on Budapest. And I was like, whatever, like I was sitting at home like midnight watching that, that show. And then the next day I was thinking, it's still thinking about Budapest. And I was like in a meeting and I ended up like, I ended up Googling this like cost of living index um, that basically like compared like every major city in the world. Like what does a dozen eggs cost? What does a one bedroom apartment cost to rent? What does a pair of blue jeans cost? And I was like, geez, like Budapest is pretty cheap, you know? And, uh, I really wanted to write another novel and like, I had money saved up, uh, from like working my day job. And, uh, so like within this meeting, like the next day after watching parts unknown, I like Googled it, like bought a one-way ticket, like two weeks later leaving and drafted a resignation letter. And then, uh, I took off and moved to Budapest and, um, wrote a book called the absolved while I was there. And uh, yeah, it was like the best year of my life. I was like fully aware at the time that this is like, you know, like usually like in retrospect, you go, yeah, that was a great time. Like I was fully aware at the time, like this is as good as my life is ever going to get. Like I'm living in a beautiful city. It's super cheap. I'm doing only the work that I want to be doing which was just writing this book. I wasn't like working a day job. Um, I wasn't worried about money. I had enough money um I had like no allegiances or obligations or responsibility other than like writing this book and then like hanging out in this great city and I met cool people there that I'm still friends with to this day and um yeah it was as good as it gets budapest
0: okay I just I just got to like absorb the beauty of watching it on parts unknown researched quit my day job in budapest in 2 weeks <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly so it. rad. Yeah. That is yeah. so
0: rad, I, that, right? You know, we could end the interview now, and it would be the best interview yeah. ever, right there.
1: Yeah, what well, was the best thing I did my I've done in my life? So yeah.
0: <laughs> so 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 you get to so you get to Budapest, and and have you been in like Eastern Europe before? Never, I had never been. No. So so what was it like when you got there, and you landed, and you're like, okay, you are you thinking, I how am I like? How do you enter? the like the city is like entering the community and also kind of entering like, okay, what, what's, how do I, do I need, can I uh, get by with English here? What are some Hungarian
1: yeah. words I need? What what yeah, happens yeah.
0: on those first like week or
1: so? Yeah. I didn't know planning or research really. I just like, I showed up uh, I didn't have it at an apartment even. I just rented like an Airbnb for three days figuring in those three days, I'll find some like longer term, uh living situation and so i show up whatever i'm supposed to meet the airbnb person at like 3 p.m uh he no shows no calls uh so i'm just like sitting there for whatever 45 minutes outside the door waiting and do you have
0: you you have like all your you have essentially all all your living belongings for the
1: next year yeah. yeah exactly and uh so i'm like frantically messaging him and he doesn't like respond. So I ended up like, just like going down the bar, like walking down the street with like my luggage to this bar and just posting up and like drinking, eating. I think I ate like, like a late lunch there, then kept drinking, then had like a, like a dinner and then kept drinking. And then, yeah, like at midnight, he finally gets back to me. He's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry blah blah, this and that I'll come meet you, whatever. And so like, he let me in. Uh, And then like the next day I meet this like really cool pretty girl in the book or or in the elevator in my building named Orshi. There's a character in the book uh, named Orshi. Does she, does she know uh, this now? Did she, does, is she aware of this after the fact? Yeah. And I, I sent her a copy of the book. We didn't, we weren't, we didn't like, I met her in an elevator. She invited me to drinks and while we're at drinks we run into a friend of hers who's a hungarian actress who lives in la now but was back shooting a film and she was on a date with this this director guy um and i ended up hitting it off with the director because so we ended up so we ended up like combining like became like a double date because these two friends had not seen each other in ages the girls hit it off me and the the dude hit it off and he's still like one of my best friends to this day and no like, he's, way he was like my key to the city, basically, uh, like uh, he's like the unofficial mayor of Budapest. And um, uh, yeah, so like right away I met this this guy and I made all these friends in like the film industry world through him. Uh, and basically there's like a uh, probably about five or six bars that just kept like, he had an open tab at uh that i could just like walk into the, one of these five or six bars at any given time and just be like put it on daniel's tab and they're like great and then like daniel didn't even have to be there you know and then like whatever uh but it was so cheap it was just like whatever my rent for a one bedroom apartment in budapest was like 250 bucks a month in like wow. a cool part of town and what is I mean, the what is the what's
0: the name of the neighborhood of the cool part of town or is is that how they were yeah
1: yeah yeah it's uh it's Budapest is broken up into districts, so I was living in like the seventh district which is like mm. also called like the Jewish district because like the Dohani synagogue um uh is there and like Budapest used to have I think the largest Jewish population uh of any city in Europe pre uh World War II pre-Holocaust and um basically what ended up happening was like Budapest, like the Nazis didn't get to Budapest until like the very end of the war and they didn't they didn't have time to like ship all the Jews off to, on trains to concentration camps. So they basically just walled off this whole district where all the, the Jewish people lived and just starved them out. And um, so thousands and thousands of Jewish people just starved to death uh, in, in this little area. And like in the Dohani synagogue, which is this massive synagogue, I think it was the biggest synagogue in Europe. Um, there's just a mass grave, uh, like wow. in, the, in the courtyard. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's where I lived, and uh, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was best best time of my life. Yeah.
0: So you meet, so you meet is it Oshi, Oshi, Oshi,
1: she, yeah, yeah, Oshi.
0: You meet her in an elevator, and Ooh. then you stay at the you stay at the Airbnb for a few nights. How how fast do you find that one bedroom apartment that you that you? I thought, scored? yeah, yeah. I
1: found, I found it in like within that like three day period. Like I've rented the Airbnb for three days. I was like, I got to find something. I think I found it on like a Facebook group or something. This is like 2016. Yeah. Um yeah, found a, an apartment on a Facebook group. Um and it was perfect. Yeah, it was great. Everything All worked this, out just should have. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. So then did you learn Hungarian while you were there? Like did you pick up like or what language
1: was Yeah, yeah. They speak Hungarian, but it's Hungarian's the the hardest, literally the hardest language in the world. Um uh, it's not Slavic. It's not Latin-based. It's it's like own thing. There's like I think 46 characters uh, in the language. Um, it, they don't necessarily have words for everything. It's like a I don't know how you would call it like a descriptive language. So instead of like having a word for table, they'll have it'll be like you describe a table. You're like uh, four pieces of wood uh, from a tree that hold you know that stand erect. And there's a larger piece of wood on top of it. And it's like, you mean a table? Like, yes. <laughs> so, so if you ever look at like a Hungarian, like a book written in Hungarian and then see the English translation, like the Hungarian book is like 600 pages long and like the English translation is like 200 pages. But like, yeah, I, I learned like a bunch of phrases and like, uh, you know, ordering drinks get to the bathroom yeah nice those are the first that. ones for yeah, yeah first exactly.
0: first is but, like one how do i get to the bathroom two after i
1: order drinks
0: three how yeah. do i order drinks
1: yeah yeah <laughs> but no one i mean it's i mean i know i know uh expats who have been living there for 20 years and they they've barely you know cracked that egg at all like they, they they're not fluent they're not even close to fluent it's like huh. it's like something you have to pick up as a child it's, it's not like learning you know if, right now i'm in switzerland where everyone speaks every language you know and yeah like oh you speak french german spanish english uh italian like yeah they're all the same basically you know <laughs> like they pick right
0: yeah because that's but, that's under the romance latin languages
1: yeah yeah but then you're like hey have you ever tried to learn a hungarian and they're like no no chance yeah.
0: <laughs> It's like um yeah, my mom's uh, Norwegian and so my about her but uh when they moved to the United States, my grandparents decided that they wouldn't teach the kids Norwegian so they can talk and have private conversations in front of them oh, without yeah. you know, this is mean, the they, the monumental dysfunction just started there. But oh, yeah. at the same time, um when my mom went to school and, and she was like talking, but she didn't know she wasn't talking English because she had picked, she had enough Norwegian where it was just like, why yeah. aren't you understanding me? <laughs> she didn't yeah, know that yeah. she knew a lot. But, um, and that's, you know, that's another language of what like, I don't know how many people are in that country, like 300,000 years. Like, well, yeah, yeah. how good is Norwegian going to do me? I might have to do Spanish because I think if I'm in yeah. Brazil, I'm not going to go. Mm you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> where is anyone yeah. speak Norwegian here and they're just like yeah. dude man, we'll go with English let's just go back
1: yeah yeah yeah, exactly exactly my, my ex-girlfriend's actually her her mom is Norwegian so she, my ex-girlfriend she spoke Norwegian um, pretty well like she wasn't fluent but she spoke it pretty well because her mom spoke it was native and um uh she, yeah she, she, but like everyone there speaks perfect English you know right so it's like it's like, forget it. Yeah. And they want to practice with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and also like,
0: no, no, no. I'm here to immerse myself in your culture.
1: Exactly. But as soon as they hear that you're not a, like a native speaker, cause your, your accent is just like a little off or, or a lot off, uh, they yeah. just go, yeah, 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 I'm not here to hold your hand through this. Like, let's just, let's just do English. Yeah.
0: So you got your apartment and then you're like, okay, did you know the book you were going to write? Or are you like, you know what, I'm going in with a blank slate to Budapest and um, I'm going to start with, I'm going to start it all there. Or did you already kind of have a game plan before you went?
1: Um, The only, so the, the, the impetus behind that book was uh, I, I had a conversation, I was having a conversation with my brother, uh, about AI and automation, displacing people from the workforce of the future. And my brother is like super sanctimonious and he's he's an oncologist. He's a cancer physician. And he said something along the lines of, in the future, people will just have to work harder to make themselves indispensable in the economy the way that I have. And I was like, brother, in 20 years, AI is going to be making way better medical decisions than you ever could. And so that was like the only idea. That was like the, that, that's what I that's, that's what I took to Budapest. And then the book became about, it started, uh, uh, it takes place in 2036 and AI and automation have displaced people from the workforce. And they're called the absolved because they've been absolved of the burden of work. And the main character is this wealthy physician who thinks he's made himself indispensable in the economy. And, uh, of course he ends up getting displaced. And I said, I was writing it during like the, uh, the election year, like Trump, uh, trump versus hillary and like uh, what and like what riot. a
0: great time to
1: not be in the country yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so it was like the, this populist movement be- with bernie sanders and trump and so i wrote it against the elect i said it against the 2036 election and i had this fringe populist candidate who's running on an anti-technology platform saying we've pursued technology at the expense of humanity blah 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 and so the main character Gets displaced from the workforce and he falls in with these Luddite sympathizers and they end up framing him for an anti-technology uh terrorist act, and he becomes like a folk hero uh to the jobless masses. He had nothing to do with the terrorist act, he was just framed for it, but he embraces it and like uh becomes like this folk hero to the jobless masses. But none I knew I knew none of that when I showed up at Budapest. The only thing I knew was like, I want to stick it to my brother. Yeah. What did your brother think about the book? Uh, I think he liked the book. I don't know. He doesn't really like talk to me that much about it. Like he, <laughs> he doesn't he, talk to me anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, no, I mean, you know, he, he, you know, he's, he's got a very, very serious job. He's like a cancer physician and like, he makes a lot of money and he has a very serious job. He's and actually he's,
0: healing people. He's, he's healing he's people doing and-
1: good things. <laughs> Yeah, so he's like, You're the most narcissistic person in the world. You literally write these, <laughs> spend all this time writing these books. How much money do you make for writing? You took a year off your, life to write your book for what? Like 10 cents? Like, yeah, good <laughs> for you, brother. Like you fucking hey, idiot. we have yeah. the nobler profession.
0: You know why? Yeah, because exactly. we need to tell stories. Why do we need to tell stories? Because we need to like understand the chaos of what mm. is the human condition and yeah. then and then we bring it down to this mythology contemporary mythology of this day so yeah he may heal a few people now yeah. but we're going to mentally heal people for decades and centuries yeah, yeah. to
1: come this is this is what uh, I've tried to share with him and he just thinks <laughs> that I'm just trying to impose myself on the world uh, <laughs> as, as a narcissist so
0: i because, like i like
1: your i like your narrative better though yeah well it, I, I
0: i actually believe that narrative i mean yeah. i do okay, believe
1: but I do believe that
0: storytelling... I mean, for me, storytelling is... Uh, for me, novels specifically have meant everything for me. When I was going through a lot of tragedy, I didn't know... I didn't read that much until I was in my 20s. And then...
1: Yeah, me either, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I think... And it, what was one of the first books you picked up where you're just like, oh, oh wait, that I'm having a conversation.
1: I've never had. This speaks to me. Yeah, um, I think, like, the... F- when I really started getting to reading when I was probably like 25, I, I had no ambitions to write or anything like that. Um, I think I read like, I started reading like Henry Miller and I was Oh like, my wow. God, dude, the, Henry yeah. Miller was right at my beginning too. Yeah. And like Henry Miller, like really like turned me on, but I was like, I can't write like this guy, this, like I never, it didn't inspire me to write. And then I think what like inspired me to start writing well shit I don't know but like I think uh, like John Fonte oh yeah 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 yeah. I think I was like oh I can I don't need to be like as virtuoso you know I don't have to be the virtuoso that Henry Miller is I could tell great stories and like I sort of like got that like I saw like John Fonte's voice and like those Bandini novels and um those really just like made sense to me and uh um I sort of really started understanding like sort of like the very like unreliable narrator and like just sort of like a sort of like radically subjective, like worldview or, um, you know, like a lot of the stuff I had read but previously, it was just like, just, well, I don't know, like the stuff that they assigned me. I, I didn't really do any of the readings I was supposed to in school probably, but like, I don't know, not a lot turned me on when I was like younger. Maybe I was, I was really into music. I played, I played in bands for a long time. Um and so, yeah, a lot of literature just just seem too like, like highfalutin to me, or something. Or I
0: think they give it to us
1: too early. They give like... yeah, like yeah, like. Uh who am i thinking of right now that like i'm just like like like, even catcher
0: in the rye i mean i I didn't you know i didn't read a lot when i was younger and then i the first time i read catcher in the rye was when i was 30 and i think and i think that was like probably the best time for me to read catcher and just be like oh man okay this sticks because i what, what what a goon you know, yeah, if I'm yeah. 16 and I'm reading that, I'm like, why do I care about this idiot who's all the bougie and can do all this stuff yeah, all yeah, over, yeah. you know, and I'm like, just skateboarding and, you know, have, I hope I have enough money for a slice of pizza later today. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I just remember at one point when I was like, st- probably like a junior, senior in high school, I, you know, I was kind of an artsy kid, but like some of my friends were certainly more... um intellectually ambitious than I was uh and they like turned me on to like someone's like you have to read Faulkner or whatever so I like picked up Faulkner I was like I made it like f- three pages in I go well, what am I gonna do with this at 17 like this right. doesn't make any sense to me right now and uh I don't know I, I just sort of thought that's what literature if you weren't doing that right like, exactly then you're then you're then you're what are you doing you know um so it wasn't until like a little bit later that I sort of started figuring it out for myself and now I can go back and read Faulkner and get totally like enjoy it but um I think it like really put me off of like books when I was like a kid because someone told me I should like Faulkner when I was like a kid and I read Faulkner I, I didn't read Faulkner I read five pages of Faulkner and yeah
0: no it's like so even like even like tells- reading like Mark Twain is just like this is dumb and when i was like young i was just like i don't get any of this and then you read it like later after you've been writing and you're like oh now i get okay now i get it now i I see what you're doing here
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah so at what point i mean when you when you when you're like okay this speaks to me i think i'm a writer what do you do when what do you do like do you just start writing or did you like go take some classes or did you well you know what what did you do at that time
1: Yeah. So my twenties, I, I I played in, uh, I basically, I moved to San Diego when I, when I graduated college and uh, just started bartending and uh, I got, I was like really into surfing. So I just like lived at the beach and surfed and I played in bands. I played in some touring bands and from basically 22 to 28, I did nothing but like fuck around playing in bands and, and um, surf. And finally like at 28 i came back from tour and uh, these bands that i was playing in were like not successful bands they were like you know like locally popular and we'd get on like small regional tours as the opening act and like
0: no one the smelly feet on the bus situation where yeah
1: yeah no bus van yeah van Uh, i ran yeah (laughs) yeah yeah we wish we had a bus um and i i came back from from one day like 28 a tour and i called my college roommate who was like a a finance guy and uh and um I said I'm 28 like no one will hire me I've never had a real job like I've like could you, would, you, would you hire me and he he was working in solar energy at that time like developing solar projects so he's like yeah I'll give you a job whatever so I did it for like two or three years played no music during that time I was like uh, I was like off music I was reading a lot and just so depressed because I was just like doing spreadsheets for a living and for a couple years. And uh, I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I was in Albuquerque for Thanksgiving. And then uh, I was driving my with my friend Skip from Albuquerque back to California. And um, it's like a, stri- a straight shot, whatever. It's like 12 or 13 hour drive. And he was like deathly ill. And this was like I was probably like 31, I guess, by this time. Yeah, it was like 10 years ago. And, um, uh, he, he, whatever, I didn't have headphones or anything. He's, he was definitely ill and he's like, I need to sleep. And so he just like laid down the back of the car and he's like, I can have no sound. He's like, I can't sleep if it's, unless it's silent and I didn't have headphones. So I just drove for like 13 hours by myself and I plotted out this novel in my head. And, uh, the next day I like, I have a tendency to do this when I plotted this whole novel out. Uh got back to California. I quit my job the next day and I was like, I have to write a novel. So I spent a, basically like six months writing this novel, just writing it in a fever. Had never even written a short story before. Then I spent like a year trying to like s- send it to agents or who I got. I mean, no one was interested and it was like not good. Um, but whatever, it got me going, you know. So that was yeah. like this sort of the start of my writing career, my writing career. Yeah, career. Yeah. And uh, so that that. Yeah, that, that's. Yeah, it was a long drive, a long road trip in silence while my friend was sleeping in the back seat of the car. That's that's how my writing career began. Wow, <laughs> and
0: that's a long drive to be in silence, mm-hmm. to be in your own head for that. Across long. the
1: desert, just a just yeah. straight across the desert, which is beautiful, you know. Which, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, it, it, it's it's, it's amazing.
0: What a great time to plot a novel instead of having catastrophic feelings of, you know, dread in, in, the, in the lands in this landscape of death. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean, in some ways it really screwed up my life because now whatever it's been like 10 or 11 years and um, I can't really write a novel and work my day jo- a day job at the same time. It's like, um, I can't really serve two masters at the same time. So yeah. I basically have this cycle now where I work for, three years, save up money, uh, then quit for a year and write as fast as I can, write a novel. And, uh, then when I run out of money, I like go back to work and then, uh, rinse, wash and repeat. But you, you don't really work your way up the, uh, career ladder by when everyone knows you're going to quit in in two years to (laughs) to write a novel but but it's gonna have to do
0: and at the same time what is a career really because these people uh, these people sometimes i've been online dating so you know this this is also that but these people are so concerned about their careers and i'm like well, what do you do i'm a nurse and i'm like oh so you're like okay, that's, that's no, you know, noble, but like, yeah. you know, is that your purpose? Oh no, I can't wait till retirement. Okay, great. So your career, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't like your career. It's like so yeah, many yeah. people have careers and the career is just like, I can't wait till retirement. Even the right, careers, right, right, right. they're just thinking like, I can't wait until I'm 65 so I can write a novel. Yeah. And I'm like, it's oh, yeah. not how it works <laughs> you're yeah, no, you gotta now it. or you're not. So,
1: yeah, no, I mean, my mother, you know, she had a, a, a very good career. And she had all these plans for what she's going to do when she's going to retire. So she finally retired. She retired like six months before COVID began. Oh wow. She had all these huge travel plans. And of course they all like the world stops for two years. And then she got cancer, didn't get COVID, but she got cancer and died in a few months later. And she was what, 69. Um, and so she missed out on like, you know, she got to do a lot. She had a great life, but you know, she definitely had like some, a lot of regrets, like shit, I wish I would have done that trip to wherever, you know, to Greece or wherever, you know? Um, but she didn't do it because she was like, well, you know, I'm going to do it when I retire. I, right I have to get, I have to put in this many more years at the, at the, whatever I'm doing, you know? And so, it's, so it's, yeah, it's, I'm not doing that. i
0: Well, yeah, it's it's just like time is almost more of a a wealth, um, a a wealth um, like economy than, you know, money is in a certain way where it's just like that, that safety of having your status quo is like, oh, I have my three bedroom house in Hollywood Hills and, you know, I'm doing this, but I have to spend 50 hours a week doing something that I minorly like, but it's, you know, it's kind of sucks, but it's also for this larger company that actually has their point of view. That's not really my point of view. It's because yeah, yeah. I used to work. I worked at Sun Microsystems for uh, a year that was in tech. And then, and this is, and when I turned 30, that's when I left tech and went, I'm out, I'm done. I'm a writer. And they're like, and they're like, dude, you're making so much money. I'm like, don't care. And after yeah. that, um. I took, cause it's just, it absorbs everything in your body. So I did, so I did temp jobs after that. I was just like a secretary or a yeah, file clerk while I can work on my writing. And then that it yeah, had to go down to a, uh, I just punch in, punch out and I'm the dumb guy. Everyone just thinks, Oh, what a poor dumb guy. Yeah. But I just had to be dumb at work so I can write at
1: home. Yeah. You can't, you can't serve two masters at the same time. I, I like, like my friends who are not writers who have like, big important jobs in New York and, you know, they value money a lot. Like, Come on, man. Like if you need to write, like, that's a nice hobby, but like, like just do it at night after your job. And I'm like, my job, I mean, I have a like, whatever I develop solar projects, but yeah, it drains you of any, it, it, it you know, if you, if you're working like a serious day job from 9am till 6pm, like you're drained. Like yeah, it, it sucks the creativity out of you. You know, if I'm, if I'm looking at, contracts and 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 financial sp- financial models all day long there's like no way i'm gonna like come home and like be productive at, you know between the hours of like 9 p.m and 1 a.m like writing a novel after you know talking to private equity guys all day long you know like there's that's just like not gonna happen so yeah gotta quit yeah. gotta quit <laughs> no <laughs> i did yeah <laughs> I Probably my boss doesn't listen to this, but he knows. He knows oh yeah, he, no, he called. No, he he, <laughs> he knows who he hired. You know, he knows, so it's fine.
0: I, at I, at I, the same time, you're—I would think—you're a guy to hire because it's, just, I, 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 people do not realize the monumental work it takes to write a novel, um, and it and it cracks me up. I've ghostwritten for some people, and oh, and right. I, but that's another like soul zapping I, I i i had i saved up some money and i stopped ghostwriting and it took me about eight months to yeah. get back to my own writing because they uh, just it just i was like you know what i'd ra- i'd rather be your plumber than be than I, i'd rather come and just fix your toilet and your feces than yeah, yeah, ever yeah. be in your brain again and put it to paper yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah 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 there's yeah. um But, but I love, I love their idea of it. And I just had another proposal for, uh, to ghostwrite someone else. And they, uh, and I did, I did the meeting and I'm just like, when it, when it, you know, when it comes down to it, they always like, oh yeah, we've tried, we've tried, blah, blah. But we just, they go, we don't have the time. And I'm like, no, no, it's not a time thing. (laughs) You don't know how to write.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy.
0: Yeah. So it, I'm just that's I had to say no to that because I'm just like, oh no, I know what I'm getting into. Yeah, yeah. Um at, you're looking for this high level of writing. And then all of a sudden, oh, but I tried and I just can't do it because I don't have the time. Like, no, you can't do it because you can't write. You just say right. yeah, yeah, yeah. that out loud.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean and, and it's funny, like with the writing thing, it's like people either I mean, yeah, sure, you can do, like develop it and like nurture it and like you definitely get better the more you do it. But like some people, you either have it or you don't. And like, I know people who are great storytellers, like they can, um, you know, you know, tell you the story at a bar and, you know, the great raconteur, like they can just chat you up and great comedic timing or whatever, but they can't put it on paper. You know, they can't right. write it down. And then, you know, like so many of the best writers uh, that I know, you know, you know, you, you, you they're, they're not good talkers you know they're writers you know they, they can't talk uh they're not ch- that that charming uh they're not that uh thoughtful in conversation they're self-conscious and insecure and um yeah but yeah writing is just like a totally different thing it's in uh yeah you, you can you can definitely get better and, and develop the skill but um uh i think you kind of either have it or you don't like I, i've never done i didn't do an mfa or anything like that and uh I was always just like worried that like whatever skill I do have that they would like break me or something. Uh, if I, if I did like an MFA or I wouldn't know who to listen to, like in a workshop having 10 people tell me like what's right or what's wrong or what's working or what's work- not working. I was like, it's better to just have like one or two like trusted readers that can like read your work for me, whatever. I know a lot of people really enjoy their MFA programs or whatever, but, um, I never thought you could like learn writing that way. I thought the only way you could learn writing is by reading and, and, uh, um, and writing. So, yeah,
0: that is the only way some people do need the, some people need the academic structure, I think, because I never went to college either. Some people need the academic structure, which is cool that that works. But, uh, but there's others where we're just, I mean, I'm just insatiable. I'm like reading novels all the time and yeah, I mean- I'm, and I'm writing like every day I read and I write. And if I, it's, yeah. And if I don't do it daily, I'm not a nice person to be around. It's all, it's almost like, it's almost like my, it's like, I'm, I'm a junkie for it. And if I just, I got to do my score and then I'm mellow. And then if I yeah. miss it, if i if I miss it for two days, Oh, I feel it. It's just, there's a little bit of extra edge in me where I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like kind of like, and then I'm like, where's this aggression coming from? It's like, Oh yeah. I, yeah. I haven't been writing I didn't write or read the last couple of days.
1: Yeah. I, I mean I write I, I I read a ton still, but like when I'm not writing a novel, I don't write. Like so, so Pure Cosmos Club, which is my last novel that came out in May, I finished it a year and a half ago. I don't know. Um, and I have not written a word of fiction. I haven't written anything. I, I I still write music a lot for fun. Um, but in terms of prose, like work emails, like that's it. I haven't written a word. And I know I'm going to like go, I I think I'm going to do the thing again and quit the job and, and go write a novel in, in, in the new year. Um, But I'm like, shit, do I, am I even still a writer? Like it's been so long. Do I still have it? I have no idea because I haven't flexed that muscle in in a while, but this is how I always do it. It's like, I've written, I've had three published novels, but I've written five novels and yeah basically i write them in like little in a fever period where i just like bust it out and then and then it's like this fallow period where uh i don't write shit and uh but every time now it's like well i've been away from it for a long time am i still that person who can like write a novel like doesn't feel like it i am and i hope i am but um yeah who knows guess well, i'll yeah. find out
0: i well, i well, um i i don't know if you know the author robert Crace. he's got like 25 best sellers. Uh, yeah, yeah. uh and and um he told me something very interesting when I interviewed him uh years ago. Because I asked him, I was like, what, What's it like when you start a new project? Are you just like yeah. I got I got all these best sellers? Here we go again, you know? Yeah, and, and I mean he's he's a writer full-time, that's it. Yeah, like, yeah. And he goes, No, he's like, every time I start something. I have extra pressure because one, it feels exactly like when I wrote my first book. And two, I know I can never write a bestseller again. And that's what he feels every single time. Like, how the hell am I going to do this? And I think once we understand that that's going to be how we feel when we enter, it. then that's kind of i find that kind of sexy because it's just like we're the ones that can. i mean i'm not saying like we like we're greater than but we are but but (laughs) but but it's it's not it's not exactly that it's how the hell am i going to do this but we work through the puzzle yeah yeah. and and if you can work through the puzzle then you're a writer because you're sticking with it with that gut feeling like i got nothing there is nothing how no oh that (laughs) i'm a i'm a has-been why did it why did anybody even publish that stuff before yeah yeah. and, and then you get rolling and then all of a sudden well i i was just i, I was writing this morning because this is where i'm out of my current manuscript. oh wow, yeah so i so i'm feeling kind of ballsy right now because it's yeah, just yeah. like oh well, all right well we're rewriting yeah. 250 pages and i'm so close but yeah. um, uh, but it's just uh getting to that just it it never feels good for a long time i think and then you start to get yeah. to that and then all of a sudden you're yeah. like oh wait i do know how
1: to, i i remember i remember yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my yeah, every, every like when i when i am writing I, I treat it like a day job like i'm at the desk at like 8 30 a.m and like i'm very like punctual and like very 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 disciplined and i do the whole thing but every morning i wake up and I'm terrified. And I I mean I'm not even really a, a big drink. I'm drinking right now because it's like 12 30 where I am midnight. Uh and uh just a little nervous. But um or you nervous for I, this? Like, well, whatever. Yeah, I'm not yeah. A, like like I was saying, I'm a talker. I mean a writer, not a talker, you know. Right,
0: right. I, uh, I think that's why I think that's why I love doing this because like writing is kind of like hanging out with writers kind of feels like yeah. the only weirdos i can really get along with so yeah, yeah if yeah. i go to like if i go to a party and there's all these like really cool people there i'm like uh you know i'm hey all right and i'm cordial yeah. but then i find the one dude that's in the corner going my last book of poetry came out and i feel like awful and i'm just like we need to talk
1: yeah i know that <laughs> feeling yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, every time I sit down, even every morning, even if I had written, if I've been writ- writing beautifully for like three months, uh, you know, daily, every day I sit down and go, well, this is it. You know, this is the day where I show up and sit down at the desk and it just doesn't come, you know, and um, that, that that's, that's very rarely happened where it did, something didn't come. Um, usually if I show up like it, something comes, it might not be the best, but it, it comes. And um but literally every day it's like oh yeah i'm sure I'm sure i'm washed up today like this is it like i'm screwed you know like shouldn't no one's, no one's
0: getting no one's gonna hire me again
1: yeah, I, I'm, yeah i'm gonna go into poverty after this yeah yeah i but might by the cut end of the my ear off but by the end of the day if i've written if i've if i've written a thousand words or whatever uh i'm you know I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a bull, you know, like no one can stop me at that point, you know, until the next morning, you know, until the next morning, I'm, I'm, I'm high, I'm flying high, I'm feeling good. And, uh, um, so yeah, it's it's sort of that, that daily yo-yo for me of, uh, well, I start shitty and, uh, then I, 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 uh, uh, ascend to, to, to greatness. And then, uh, I wake up and start again. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, so at, in the evening you're walking like totally erect. You're like the, you're the, you're like the main, you walk into a bar and it's just like, whoa, who's that guy. But in the morning, your knuckles are dragging the sidewalks and it's just like, people are offering you, do you need a dollar? Do you need a croissant, sir? No,
1: totally. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like I literally wake up, uh, and I live like a pretty like ascetic, Spartan life when I'm writing because I'm not working. And so I like, don't want to spend any money. And so I'm like, uh, but like in the morning, I like eat my like breakfast, drink a, a bunch of coffee. I don't really, I don't even, I'm not like a nicotine person. Like I'm not a smoker except when I'm writing. Yeah. And then I like chain smoke in the morning to like build, like get all the stimulants and then drink all the coffee and then, and then I have, and then I have like two, or I have like two drinks to get me going. Cause like, if I, if I don't have just like, if I don't just dull it, if I don't dull my senses just a little bit and like lose those inhibitions a little bit, like I'll, I'll, I'll just like obsess over every sentence too much and I'll, I won't make the progress, but like, if I, if I just dull those senses just a little bit and lose those inhibitions, like I can just like sort of power through and. Uh, not obsess over every word that I put down, and realize, yeah, you're gonna edit this later, and whatever, maybe none of this will even stick. Um, but yeah, it's like it's a it's a horrible process. But yeah, it's what we do,
0: right? Right, it's, and it's and then in the end, it's just like, and oh, I wouldn't give it up for nothing. At the same time, there's yeah, and and now, it's, it's almost
1: look, go ahead. No, when I look back at the books, I don't even feel like the person who wrote those books. Like they're much better actually I actually feel like the work when I go back and like read the books, I'm like, that's much better than I'm capable of doing. Like I know what the narrow in my mind, I know what the narrow limits of like my abilities are and uh, those exceed it, you know, like the books exceed. It's the best I can do. Uh, yeah. What, what ends up being in the book is like what I'm the best thing I'm capable of. And, um, uh, it sort of feels like a divine intervention somehow It feels like a little bit like, like alchemy and, um, but yeah, it doesn't feel like that at the time. But in, in, when I go back and I, I sort of look at them, well, oh, shit! I don't did I write that? Right there? That's pretty good. All right, okay. I Feel <laughs> yeah. pretty good about that. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so so.
0: where? So where? So where in the world did you write Pure Cosmos Club? Did you like get out of town or did you stay in town? What was your?
1: So I had just I had started it um, just before COVID. So I got fired from my job. Uh <laughs> I had a job. Oh, in- you, was that the first time you got fired? No, no. I mean, my whole 20s I got fired from a million jobs. Oh, okay. Uh but in my serious jobs, like after I like became like a like a, a like a a real worker, like a career worker, um yeah, maybe I've been fired. But like whatever. It was like a sale like a I worked like tech sales and solar renewable development whatever. I didn't meet any expectation. I, I like, I really blew it at this job. And so I got fired and I was like, shit, I'm really screwed. So I started a novel. Like I got fired on like a, whatever, like a Friday I gave, like I drank heavily over the weekend. Uh, And I was like, well, I should make the best use of this time. I started work on the novel on Monday and then that was like maybe f- late. F- yeah. That was like mid February, 2020. And then, uh, um, COVID happened like a month later and I was like in New York and I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. Uh, and so, uh, I rented a, me and my, my ex-girlfriend rented a place in Granby, Colorado, which is this tiny little mountain town. Uh, we were living, so Granby's like maybe 2000 people, this little mountain town, uh, like, and we lived like 40 minutes outside of it. So like, we lived like, we were really out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so that's where I, like, I wrote the novel and it was like, perfect. Like all I did was like, uh, we saw no one, uh, cause we didn't have any family around and we didn't know anyone. And, uh, we're out in the middle of, we're right on the edge of Rocky mountain national park. So literally all I did was like, uh, like write, uh, exercise. I got in like insane shape. I was running, I don't know, like five to 10 miles a day, like four days a week and just like whatever. And then and taking and, and and I showed up to Colorado uh with like a big bag of mushrooms. And um, um so I wasn't taking like a lot of mushrooms at the time, but I was taking like daily some mushrooms, you know. Uh-huh.
2: Um
1: and literally she was like the only person I saw my ex-girlfriend for months. Uh and then we got a dog and uh um but yeah it was kind of an idea who, who got the dog in the breakup she did so they always always get the animals yeah so the absolved got optioned by universal um during covid and at the end of like uh, in 2021 uh the guy who was like the showrunner who would have been the showrunner for the show who optioned it uh was like do you want to work on this with me so i said yeah he's like we'll come to la for a couple months so i come to la and then uh my girlfriend's, my ex-girlfriend was from, like, from New York, and she was working. in She she went to New York for the week, for work. And um, our relationship had been over since like big before COVID. But like we were like basically brother and sister. We were very close, but like not like romantically. And we had had this dog for like a year and a half. And she flies back to L.A. And the day she gets back, I was like, I break up with her. Like whatever i'm an asshole but whatever i was like <laughs> hey babe get- how are you we're done yeah. i literally <laughs> bought her a plane ticket to leave the next day i was like you need to go back to <laughs> and she was like you're delivering the it was a pretty big dog she's like yeah. you're delivering the dog to me this week no plane like you're not it was too big of a dog to to have like um like uh like under your seat or whatever oh you know? right
0: right right and she's
1: like the dog is not going under the plane or whatever. She's like, you're driving the dog to my parents' house in Connecticut. So I ended up like putting my dog in the car with me and driving from California to Connecticut in like four or five days. Wow. Just just powering that's, through. That's
0: me. gunning it. Yeah
1: gunning it and like saying goodbye to my dog me and my dog like on this like ultimate road trip together.
0: oh my god the first you got the sick friend in the back road trip and now you got yeah and yeah you got, and now you got your like you're you're like breaking up with your dog for five days across the country <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and that was it yeah i've I, i've seen the dog like once since then after the and uh um but yeah i was, so, I was gonna
0: yeah. ask you about that because i i find that in relationships when you're working on something Um, and I'm, I'm, this is like from when I was married before I got divorced and and at other times. And uh, again, when, when I'm working on something and I'm deep in it, that, um, it usually shakes the relationship up a bit because all of a sudden it's like, where am I in this? I'm like, you're still here. I'm just, I'm, I'm just deep in it. I don't know. So bringing, bringing a girlfriend to the middle of nowhere sounds
1: like a very scary thing to me to work on a project. Especially someone who, because I'm from New Mexico and lived in Colorado, like I'm from the mountains and whatever. She literally grew up in, in like Soho, New York city and Connecticut, you know? Oh
0: my God. What a great place. I wish I grew up like that. How cool is that?
1: Well, yeah, it's very cool. But like a person who grew up like that l- does not know how to um, exist in the, in the world. She's literally lived in New York city her entire life and her parents had like a second house in Connecticut she's one of those people yeah and um but she has she doesn't know how to exist in the world outside of that so like bringing her to like butt fuck Colorado um no chance you know she <laughs> did not thrive there you know yeah like she did not thrive there at all like honey look, by, can we do like, something now no I'm having a good writing session <laughs> well well she didn't even want to do anything like oh like, okay she just she just walked she she like worked her job remotely and then we just binge watch like bad reality television. I don't think she changed out of her sweatpants for like a year and a half, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, and there was not much to do except outdoorsy stuff. And we were like, it was the middle of, you know, I met the winter that we spent there. We lived on a lake. And so I met all these dudes who lived there, like near there who were ice fishermen. And so like, I was like, I'm going ice fishing with these guys I met that I would see because I would like run on the along the lake and these guys in the winter, I would still run in the winter and I just put on all the stuff and the f- uh, lake was frozen and um, whatever. I met these guys and they invited me ice fishing and she's just like, are you seriously, you brought me to Colorado and now you're like, life is like writing in the morning and then you're going to go ice fishing. Like she wanted to know part of it. Yeah i think i think it was all a very bad idea before you even brought her there yeah
2: yeah yeah
1: so yeah yeah probably it was my fault but whatever <laughs> she's happy now we're still like friendly and
0: uh, oh that's good that it's always yeah. good when you can keep the friendly even if it's kind of like oh you know it's just like yeah i loved you and i kind of hate you and it's just like well you know at least at, at least um I am I'm working with uh, one client now who's very young and I essentially said I was like have you fallen in love yet and she's like no I don't want to fall in love you know and it's I I think it's the new generation where it's just like I don't don't need a man to fall in love with I'm like no you need to go fall in love and you need need to get your heart broken and your writing will get to the next level
1: (laughs) yeah you don't even understand the human condition if you haven't been through any of these things you know it's like yeah what are you writing about if you don't if you don't understand like the experience of being human which a big part of it at least as a you know starting at age nine or whenever you first you know have feelings for someone you know um but yeah yeah we're i mean we're 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 friendly enough she's she's happy she's better off she's got she's doing she's doing well so i don't feel too bad yeah
0: yeah yeah that's awesome so oh so um I've never done shrooms
1: before. Oh, well.
0: Yeah. I, 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 need, need I need to try. I really want to try. Everyone keeps telling me, dude, you guys, I look like, I look like I'm a drug addict. I mean, people look at me and I, and <laughs> I, I, when I go to like, I, you know, we have pot stores here or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. and I go there and, um and if I'm going to see like doom metal band or something, I'm like, you know what? I do want to get high. <clears throat> so I'm like, I go buy a gram and I'm like, you guys have yeah. no idea. I'm not going to use this. Like I'll have a little yeah, yeah. bit of it. And then it's yeah. just going to sit in my cupboard till it's like rot. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. laugh and they go, that's funny. And I'm like, no, I don't, I'm not good at this. And they're like, yeah, yeah. wait, you're not kidding. And I'm like, no, I, I buy a gram
1: once every two years. That's, yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. I look like this, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, marijuana is terrifying to me, actually. Like the weed nowadays, like military strength. So I've, I haven't touched weed in years because it just. Yeah. I can't even remember my own name if I have like a hit a pot, you know. And I um, I like it, it but I gotta be careful the next
0: day because the next day there's I I'll like be walking on the sidewalk and part of me would be like what part of me be so depressed I wanna throw myself in traffic. So yeah. I so if I smoke pot, I gotta cut out two days because I have to put post-it notes around my house saying you had pot yesterday. This is why you're thinking yeah. the way you are
1: <laughs> just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, to keep yeah.
0: remembering. Cause I'm not high anymore. I'm just yeah, yeah. so down. It's just like, you're down because you had pot. It's okay. Just stay yeah. down. You're cool. Stay yeah. down. You'll be back up tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I mean, mushrooms, like it's when I was like a kid, when I was like in high school, I used to take like extremely large dosage doses of, not knowing that there was other ways of doing it i just thought like yeah you got to eat like the whole bag or else like you're not doing it right and then and then i didn't do mushrooms for many many years and then uh i think yeah it was during covid where someone was like you should take this bag of mushrooms out to colorado and at that point like i was hearing people talking about whatever like microdosing or whatever. right which i I, I would I, like to try i mean it seems yeah like a good thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't like microdosing I would say I was like slightly above microdosing mm-hmm. a lot of days uh but not doing like the full blown like trip thing. Yeah. Um which I'm too old to do at this point. Maybe like I might do it. I mean maybe at some point I might go that do it again for kicks, but uh yeah, it's too taxing. But yeah, well, like
0: what was it like what because were you were you uh you were you using shrooms when you were writing this novel was it like a kind of a different way in
1: or no I I didn't use them like like that usually like I would write in the mornings uh from like whatever 8 30 a.m till noon and I mean we were way out, we were right at the edge of Rocky Mountain National Park so and then in the afternoon um I would usually go on like a very long run uh and then when I would come back from that, I would take like a little bit of mushrooms and just, there wasn't much to do, uh, just sort of put around the house, play with the dog, go down to the lake. And at that point I would like take some, take something and I would, I don't usually want to sit down and write. Cause I don't do any plotting in advance really. Um, but I don't ever want to sit down without like, just like some, like, just like a, like a some idea, like what I'm going to do the next day. Um, I just wanted to have like, just, it could just be like anything. Um, and so in the afternoons, I would usually take a little bit of mushrooms and walk the dog and go to the, down to the lake and put around and just sort of like desperately try and like come up with like something, a, a starting point for the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's kind of how I used it. Yeah, like I didn't actually do any writing on it, but yeah, um, I think it helped me like sort of each day like open me up to like oh here's something where you could start the next day, Uh, and it it could just be anything like like um, just like like a sentence or uh, or like wouldn't it be cool if paul did this or whatever you know and, and, i do you know, the exact that's how i
0: write yeah. too yeah, yeah. They, someone said oh you're a pantser and i'm just like what does that mean and they're like oh you yeah. you're you're you on the seat of your pants you don't outline. yeah yeah like, yeah because yeah, yeah. yeah. i want to get to know the characters and watch the story unfold before me too yeah yeah
1: yeah totally i mean if i were to like plot out something like a novel in advance like it wouldn't come out nearly as as interesting or creative or imaginative as if I'm only trying to figure out little tiny chunks at a time because those tiny chunks can just go pretty wild places. But if I was just tonight to sit down and like outline, like whatever 50 beats in a novel, like no chance. Like it would just be super generic and like uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the, it, it, it wouldn't be a novel I want to read. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I want. I just want to entertain myself. Yeah. I, I, I
0: feel like I, and I also feel like I read more novelists that do that do that than the ones that outline. Like you know, like people are like, oh, you got to read Philip Roth, and then I was just like, this means no- I don't get it. I can't get in his head. And then I found out he's out. He's a super outliner, and I'm like, Philip Roth oh, is. Oh. And I didn't I realize s-
1: that about him. Yeah, I mean, I, just- I, I do like Philip Roth. I, I get Philip Roth, but. Um. Yeah, for me, like that that takes out all the fun, you know. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, don't want to. It, it
0: makes it a day job. It's like it a spreadsheet. A yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I don't want a spreadsheet for my novel.
1: I, I think my pacing in my novels sometimes suffers from like a lack of some outlining. I think. Uh, I think I do a lot of world building at the beginnings and. And maybe some of the books take a little bit longer to develop than than would be optimal, and then like there's a lot of plot in the back half. Not like my books are super plot heavy, but um, because it takes me like I, I it takes me a bit to like figure out who the hell these people are because I don't know in advance, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But whatever, it works. Yeah, I, I think whatever uh, whatever I gain from that 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 playfulness and that experimentation certainly outweighs like any like anything i do detri- the to to the the detriment of the pacing you know like uh oh, whatever like the first 50 pages are really interesting but not very like plot heavy like people will go it was really interesting these characters are bizarre i have no idea where the book's going in the first 50 pages but, but i stuck with it because like the characters are great you know and,
0: and that and that's the thing it's like um it, it, it we, we have to have fun we have to have fun while we're writing and I, you can usually tell when a writer's having fun and you could tell when a yeah. writer was just trying to slug it out and it's just like and you, it's yeah. just like I, you feel a vibe when you read a book where you're just like oh this person's trying too hard it's you know or it's just like yeah but, yeah but what but if you come in with a little bit of like oh this is fun because i'm trying to figure out this silly puzzle and then the reader is going to go this is fun because i'm trying to figure out this silly puzzle where's it going to go yeah Yeah. and i also
1: think i also think there's something to like um at least for me like the way i write like i was talking about like doing it in these like uh sort of like okay matt you have this many months to write this novel because you're going to run out of money you have to go back to work so uh i sort of write in this like look like heightened state of like this little fever pitch where I'm just like going and going and going and I think that sort of gives the novel its momentum a little bit and it it gives it some consistency like I can always tell when a novel has been labored over for way too long like I always think like when I when I hear people talk about they took x amount of years to write this write their novel and go you're not even the same person who at the beginning of the novel to the end like the, the, the novel is a piece of art that should capture a a time and a moment and like, whatever, it might have some imperfections, but like, yeah, I think writing quickly for me, uh, gives, gives it some coherence and, uh, uh, some consistency. And I think certainly it gives it the momentum. Uh, um, you know, like a lot of people say like, Oh, I read your book in like two or three days or because it has this great momentum. And I I think a lot of that just comes from like writing quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Exactly.
0: Matthew, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you very much.
2: Never know how much I love you. Never know how much I care. When you put your arms around me I get a fever that's so hard to bear You give me fever When you kiss me Fever when you hold me tight Fever In the morning Fever all through the night Sunlights of the daytime Moonlights up the night I light up when you call my name Cause I know you're gonna treat me right here And <laughs> When you kiss me Fever when you hold me tight. Fever In the morning I feel. Captain Smith and Pocahontas, I had a very mad affair. When a daddy tried to kill him, she said, "A daddy, oh, don't you dare get me fever with his kisses, fever when he holds me tight, fever." Daddy, won't you treat him right? Now you've listened to my story Here's a point that I have made Cats were born to give you fever Be it Fahrenheit or centigrade We're giving you fever when we kiss you? Fever if you live and learn Fever? Tell you, Sizzle, what a lovely way to burn. What a lovely way to burn. What a lovely way to burn. Talk, 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 Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. They're beautiful. You're listening to 101.9 FM KPCR LP Santa Cruz.